Today, you are going to get a front row seat to the ultimate 2023 Rugby World Cup preview. I'll be joined by rugby writer and author Mike Greenaway as we dissect pools A, B, C and D, as well as make predictions for the quarterfinals, semifinals and final. Let's get started. Now, one of the books that Mike has authored is this one over here, Captain in the Cauldron, John Smith's autobiography. And I can tell you it is one of the top five sports biographies that I have read. And he also has a new book out. It's called The Fireside Springbok. In addition to that, Mike and I met for the first time about 15 or 16 years ago when he was a regular contributor on my radio show. His was a very important voice indeed. Mike, welcome to Front Row Rugby. Thanks, Peter. I always wanted to be in the front row, but when I was a club rugby player, I was in the back, so it's good to be here. Sounds good to me. Mike, let's get started at the very beginning. Friday night, Pool A, the host nation up against the All Blacks, three times world champions. How do you see it going? I think it's going with the home team. Hey? Um, you know, I've been in that, that, that start de France, uh, fortunately, for, for a number of test matches, and, and also the one in 2007, I was at that opening game as well. You know, a lot of people are saying that France are going to maybe crumble under the, the weight of expectation at home, possibly later in the tournament. But Friday night, it is the atmosphere there is going to be absolutely amazing. I mean, there's uh, 80,000 plus uh, Frenchmen and, and they're not quiet. Eh? They really get stuck in. Um, so I think it's, I think that France will get over the line here. I'm pretty sure about that. I tend to agree. Now, the other team in this pool that could potentially make a dent is Italy. Just in the last year or so, they really have shown some serious improvements, even though for the best part of the last 20 years, they really have struggled. Can you see Italy causing any trouble? I think they'll finish third. They're, they're a pretty solid team. Of course, they, they had that great win over Wales. Um, um, they, they, they're actually a good side at the moment. Their, their Kiwi coach, um, Kieran Crowley, has, has done a brilliant job. I think this is the best Italy uh, have been for a very long time. But um, honestly, the, the gulf between them, New Zealand and France, I can't see them getting finishing any higher than third. Let's talk a little bit about Uruguay. Four years ago, they famously defeated Fiji, one of the great upsets in the history of the Rugby World Cup. They are an improving side. Can they potentially cause an upset against Italy? Look, Uruguay, they're, they're, they're not a bad World Cup team. When they do get into World Cups, they, they, they generally play, play quite well. Um, they're coming into this tournament. Um, they've had some, some quite nice wins, and they beat uh, Georgia. They, you know, they've beaten a few minnow sides, but I think they will beat Namibia, and and that'll be their bundle. Um, yeah, yeah. This this World Cup, I think, is going to be the most competitive um, that we've ever had. Um, you know, those days of of um, you know, New Zealand beating Japan 150-0 and um, Australia beating Namibia 155-0 or something. I think those days are, are over and, and that's great because rugby's growing. But still, the, the, the gulf between the top teams and, and, the, and the bottom teams is still there. It's just the margins aren't going to be quite as, as, as heavy. Mike, you mentioned Namibia there. They are winless in six previous Rugby World Cup tournaments. What are the chances that they can bring an end to that winless streak? You know, obviously Uruguay is their game, um, where they, where they, they they'll, they'll, they'll empty the, the tank. But I, 
Yeah, I, st- I struggle to see them getting a win. Um, it's it's just going to be. T- I mean, Alistair could see us there. He's 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 doing his best, but you know, I look at some of the players that they've got that they they're saying are their star players or players that are battling to make Curry Cup teams in South Africa. Um, so they they will target Uruguay. Um, you know, and that's the beauty of the World Cup. You know, I, every single game has its own unique character. Um, so for so Uruguay versus Namibia, that'll be like their World Cup final. Um, so I, I love watching every single game because each one has its own little nuances. And, and yes, Namibia is <laughs> are, are going to try and keep the score down against New Zealand. Um, but when they play someone that's more, you know, of, of their ilk, it's, it's, it's going to be a lacquer game. So, yeah, every game is going to be good. Okay, just to confirm then your prediction, France to go through as Pool A winners with New Zealand as the runners-up. I see it as, as, as France will win it, uh, New Zealand two, um, Italy three, and then uh, Uruguay and Namibia toss of a coin. Yeah, I've got it that way as well. France in first place, New Zealand as the runners-up. Let's move on then to Pool B, Mike, the Pool of Death. Now, I must be honest with you, about two weeks ago, I thought that the Springboks might actually finish second in this one. However, after that performance at Twickenham against the All Blacks, I must admit I am cock-a-hoop, and I'm now thinking the box are going to win this pool with Ireland in second place. What do you think? I just want to just... Um... Just say something while I've got the opportunity talking about South Africa. Um, a lot of people have forgotten um, that this World Cup was actually due to be kicking off in South Africa. Well, didn't get as far as kicking off, but a couple of uh, nefarious uh, cloak and dagger moves in a boardroom in a London hotel, I think it was six years ago. This World Cup was coming to South Africa. Um, remember, we uh, in the bidding process, South Africa... Um, won comfortably. And then before the second round of voting, uh, France got to work. And, and it's, it's, it's a fact that they, they have been found out for, for some, some skullduggery. And uh, something happened. And then South Africa lost heavily the, the next round. And it went to France. So, I mean, this World Cup kind of should have been in South Africa. But now it is in France. And I just think... The poetic justice of, of South Africa having been shafted uh, in hosting the World Cup now goes to France and wins a World Cup final and, in Paris because that's what I think is going to happen. Um, is we're going to play France in the final and we're going to win it. But that was just something I wanted to get off my chest. Uh, so how are South Africa placed? Man, I th- you know, I'm, I'm traditionally a little bit of a pessimist when it comes to this, the Springboks. I'm always thinking, oh, yeah, what about this? What about that? But I think they are so well placed. Um, you know, the the planning that's gone into it. And a lot of us were scratching our heads with some of Jacques Ninova and Rassi's selections. I mean, even going back to, to last year when they played a second uh, a second string team against Wales and Bromfontein and we lost to Wales for the first first time in history. And they've been doing all this all this planning, this depth growing um for 18 months now. And it's all been with an eye on the big prize. And the big prize now is about six weeks away. Uh, I'm talking about the final. Um and, and you know World Cups are all about how you peak. You know, the New Zealand are the absolute past masters in peaking between World Cups. I mean, they, they, they should have had a far bigger return 
um, give, you know, in terms of World Cup victories, given how they've dominated rugby over the last 30 years. But they haven't. And that's because they get to World Cups and they they, they possibly pass their best. But the box, uh, I'm convinced, or the trajectory they're on is, is, is a perfect one. So I, I really have a good feeling about South Africa. I like what you've said there about poetic justice. In fact, I can actually remember being in Plettenberg Bay on holiday at the time, uh, the day before the announcement, and being quite excited about South Africa hosting the World Cup again, only to, of course, be disappointed the following day and actually have my holiday spoiled. But, Mike, if we talk about our opponents on Sunday, that would be Scotland. They, in a way, similar to Italy, have become a very, very good side, certainly better than the Italians uh, in the last year or two, again, having struggled for the best part of the last decade, even two decades, really, how much trouble could Scotland cause South Africa? Definitely. This is probably the best Scotland team I've seen in, in 10 years, even even, even longer. Their, their coach, Gregor Townsend, is a really good coach. He's been there now for a long time. I think it's about uh, six or seven years, possibly even more. And he he's, this team is, 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 is peaking as well. Um, they got a really good scrum coach in Peter de Villiers, the South African who's, who's coached at cheapest, I think almost every top tier country. Um, and they will give us problems and we have to take them very seriously. And there's zero chance of, of us not doing that, not with Rossi and, and, and Jacques. Um, and, and Italy also, uh, um, Scotland are also one of the fittest teams. Uh, they, they are a team that never ever goes away. If you think you've got them beaten on the scoreboard and you take your foot off the gas, they come back in the, in the last 10, 15 minutes. They do it all the time. They nearly beat France that way in a warm-up game two weeks ago. So Scotland are a good side, but a correctly focused Springbok team playing for 80 minutes will put them away. Now, a lot of people talk about, or oh, they've got uh, these these rugged South Africans in, in their team. They've got... Um, Pierre Pianel and Pierre Skuman and you know, with with respect, would those guys make the Springbok team? Would they make, even make the Springbok bench? And that, that's probably being a little bit disrespectful. But but I, I think man for man, um, you know, we, we we've got this one. Okay, they have um, they have Duan van der Merwe, but he's got to get the ball. Okay? Um, you know, he scored something like 18 tries in, in his in his 30 Test matches. So he's an incredible strike force. But like I say, he's got to get the ball first, and and I just think our our, our forwards should should ensure he doesn't get too much ball. By the way, guys, I have set up a Superbrew predictor pool. If you'd like to join, you can do so by clicking on the link on your screen, or I'll put it in the description area for you. So I'm expecting South Africa to win this pool with Ireland going through in second with Scotland narrowly finishing behind us in third place. Now, Mike, Ireland are the world's number one ranked team. I'd like a word on them from you. This, this is the beauty of a World Cup. You just, you just don't know. You know, I, I do think that we, we will beat them. Um, I, I'm, I'm wondering if Ireland are one of those teams that, that might have picked um, maybe a season too soon. You know, maybe they played their, their best rugby when they won the, the series in New Zealand. I'm hoping so from a South African point of view. Um, you know, we played them in Dublin and almost beat them and we were kind of at three-quarter strength um, and we could have won that game. 
Um, Johnny Sexton, I believe, will not be there. And uh, he is, I mean, he's massive for them. Uh, that is significant because he controls the game so, so beautifully. Um, yeah, look, to, to, for anyone to say with conviction who's going to win that game, South Africa, Ireland, I mean, it's, it's really difficult to say. I do think, though, that, um, again, I, I mentioned our forwards and, and possibly a seven-forward bench. Just that sustained pressure might be too much for Ireland because they're, they're a team that likes to play with a lot of rhythm. Um, they move that ball uh, from, from side to side. They, they keep possession. But I think we've got the forwards to disrupt that kind of game of theirs. So I put a, put a gun to my head and I'll, I'll say South Africa will get over the line, but only just. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. I also think something like three points, four points, something along those lines. But Mike, let's talk a little bit about Tonga now, because World Rugby has relaxed the eligibility rules. And what it means is that players who, as it turns out, predominantly coming from Tonga, Fiji and Samoa, and turned out for the All Blacks and the Wallabies, as it turns out mostly, are now able to go back and play for their home countries. And it seems as if the Tongans are the team that will be the biggest beneficiaries of this rule change. What can we expect from them? Yeah, it's great. I think it's a good move by, by World Rugby. And um, I'll tell you something interesting. I just saw a stat before before we, we started here. The Pacific Island teams, um, Tonga, Fiji, Samoa, um, sort of per capita, they have a greater percentage of rugby players than anyone else at, at the World Cup. I mean, something like 10% of the Fijian population plays rugby and okay that's that sounds like a lot but then their populations are tiny I think it might be 900,000 or I'm to correction yeah but um so for them to get some of their sort of veteran players back that are now finished playing for New Zealand is it's brilliant and Tonga have benefited and it's just such a pity though that um don't hold me to naming them now but they've got about three or four of those guys coming back from New Zealand and Australia who are actually injured. And, and so they've got quite a bad injury toll. Israel Falau is one of those, those guys. But still, Tonga will be much better. I think of the, the, the three uh, island teams though, that they are possibly the weaker. I think Fiji and, and Samoa are, are, are really looking good. The Tonga will give us a give us a, a headache. For sure. I'll never forget that game in two thousand and seven, um, South Africa versus Tonga, um, and uh, Jake White kicked a, a sort of a second string box team with, but with with the, the the heavyweights on the bench, and with ten minutes to go, Tonga were winning that game, and then then he put the John Smiths and, uh, and so on on the bench. And even then, there was a bounce of the ball right at the end of the game that was between Tonga winning and, and not winning. So they they will come for us for sure. And um, but we, we we should close that one out quite easily. And I think it's fair to say Romania will finish bottom of the pool, right? Yeah, yeah, that's I would say yeah. So you and I are in agreement then, Mike. South Africa to go through in first place with Ireland in second. Correct. Yep. That's that's my forecast. Let's move on to Pool C, and I know that we just said that Pool B is the pool of death, but if you look at Pool C, there could be a strong argument here for that, because you've got the Wallabies, who haven't won a match this whole year, you've got Wales, who are in disarray, then you've 
at Fiji, who are much improved, and let's not forget, they pulled off a famous win over England at Twickenham just the other day. And Georgia are also their team that are actually quite decent in their own right. What do you think is going to happen here? Okay, 100%. This is the underrated pool of death. Um, and that's because the teams are much of a muchness. Um, Australia and Wales um, are really struggling. Um, yeah, just, just, just on this point, on, on, on this particular group, you know, everyone's spoken about how, how um, unfortunate it is that you have um, one half of the draw, which, which is really, really tough, and one half of the draw where, where it seems like there's a, you know, a highway to the final or to the semis. And you know, I just want to say, you know, a lot of people have asked me, why, why has it worked out that way? Why have World Rugby done the draw in such a way? And, you know, they really, uh, they, they made a, a massive blunder. The, the reason why the, the, the draw is so cockeyed is because they had the draw like a thousand days ago, almost exactly, to the kickoff on, on, on Friday. They made the, they made the draw in 2020 based on the, the, the world rankings at that time. Now, at that time, uh, Wales and Australia um, and England were, were in the top five. So when, when they make the draw uh, for the World Cup, they try and spread the top-ranked teams in the world across the, four, the top of the four pools. But <laughs> now, like a week before the World Cup, the, the, the top ten rankings um, in, in the world are vastly different to how they were when World Rugby made the draw. So... That is why you've got um, uh, the one half of the draw it looks fairly easy um, and one half of the draw is really tough it's because they did the draw too early. Anyway, be that as it may, you now got um, Wales and Australia and in, in a pool with, with up-and-coming teams, like, like, like you said, uh, Georgia and Fiji, they, 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 they're good sides. Um, they really uh, are improving uh, greatly. My, my one thing about this this pool, though, um, and, and also uh, a pool D, where there are sort of um, not as many heavyweight teams, and this is a little bit of a worry for me, is that teams like Australia and, and, and England and possibly Wales too, they have a little bit more room in which to kind of find their mojo because they've come into the World Cup very cold and, and maybe – just settle on something that works for them and then build a little bit of momentum, you know, and, and still qualify. Um, I think Australia fall heavily into that category. I know they lost five in a row under Eddie, but I do, I do think they are getting better. I mean, they, they almost beat New Zealand in, in Dunedin uh, in a, in a, in a warm-up game. Um so Australia, I think, will see this this pool, and I know there are some tough teams, but they can see this as an opportunity to really grow their game and settle down. By the time they get to the semi-finals, which they should get to, you know, they could have a lot of ducks in a row. Same goes for Wales. Um, you know, this this I look at those uh, Australia and and Wales. You know, this is um, can can the can the old dogs still teach new tricks? Eddie Jones and Warren Gatland. Um, so it's a good test of their coaching to see if they can get their teams up, up to scratch by the time it gets to the knockouts, because I do think those two will go through.
Do you really know your rugby? Do you always get your predictions right? Why not make some money then? Open an account right now with Tic Tac Bets and get up to 2,000 Rand and 20 spins with your first deposit. The link is appearing on your screen and I'll also put it in the description area. Please note that this is an affiliate link and I will make a little commission on it. Winners know when to stop. National Responsible Gambling Program, toll-free helpline 0800-006-008. No persons under the age of 18 years are permitted to gamble. Alright Mike, so you've got it as Australia-Wales, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to differ a little bit with you. I think the Wallabies will also top the pool, but I'm going to go with a repeat of 2007, I'm tipping Fiji to beat Wales and go through to the quarterfinals as well. But you've got it as Australia-Wales, right? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, and, I, and, I, and I don't say it with a massive amount of conviction because I, I do think Fiji are really up for this tournament. They are playing well. They have got a good side. They're well coached. So it's it's not with, with, with a massive degree of authority that I'm saying that Fiji won't make it. And I hope they do. I on to Pool D now, Mike, and I found it very, very interesting in the last few days, reading a lot of British press and getting the sense that the English seem to think that they might be the underdogs against Argentina. They're speaking as if it's a match in which they may struggle. Now, I grant you that I watch more Southern Hemisphere rugby than Northern Hemisphere rugby, but having watched the Pumas in the last two years or so, I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever that Argentina are the favourites for this match. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. Um, I think England are just, they're too far gone. You know, they're, they're, they're just playing too badly. There's just, there's not much going on there. And I, I don't see how they can get it right, um, you know, in, in, in a World Cup uh, now. You know, the, having said that, um, I don't know if you recall 2007, um, in, uh, England were the defending champions and they went into the World Cup I think the coach was Brian Ashton, and they were playing in a certain way, and they were they were terrible. Uh, I remember the box beat them convincingly. Um, in England, then the players had a meeting, and they they decided they were going to change the way they played. They were in similar disarray to how they are right now, and then they they they, they just something clicked, and they they obviously made it to the final where where, where South Africa beat them. Can history repeat itself? I don't think this time. I think the competition is a bit is stronger. You know, the, I think those red roses have just watered a little bit too much. I don't think there's any any amount of watering is going to get get those roses to to blossom again. And I'm I, I do think that that um, Argentina will beat them. Argentina are a good World Cup team. They 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 they've got a good history in World Cups. They seem to know how to play the tournament, and they've got a good record. Um, and I I think they've got the team, the players. Uh, not so long ago, they beat New Zealand for the first time. Um, so I, I, Argentina will top this pool, in my opinion, uh, and and England almost by default in a fairly weak pool will should should finish second. Yeah, I've got it that way as well. Argentina to win the pool with England going through in second place. But let's talk a little bit about Japan for a moment, Mike. Four years ago, they were the darlings of the tournament. They were wonderful, really. They won Pool A, first time that they had ever won their pool, with first-time wins over Ireland and Scotland along the way. But they're not quite the same side this time round. What can we expect from them? Well, that's a great question because I, 
I'm a bit worried about them. They they just seem to have have, have fallen fallen by the wayside a little bit. Um, obviously, they they put a massive amount of of effort into into making sure they were more than competitive at, at their World Cup four four years ago. Um, but it seems like they, they they really peaked there, and they just haven't been able to build on that. Um, their their results have been quite disappointing um, in, in the build up to to this World Cup. I yeah, I, I don't think they. They're a team that that hopefully will surprise us. But but looking at the evidence, I think I think the brave blossoms on <laughs> are also wilting a bit, unfortunately. Sorry, in that in that group, I could just mention um, potential uh, giant slayers. There, Samoa, um, like Fiji, uh, they've benefited nicely from uh, they've got uh, from from the, the World Rugby eligibility change and rules. They've got some some really good uh, firepower in the, in their backline, ex All Black players. Um, so that they, they could well surprise England. Um, I'll, I'll stay with England as finishing second, but 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 like Fiji and the other pool who could surprise Wales, I think Samoa could surprise England and possibly finish second. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens there. And then just a quick word on Chile, the first time that they will be appearing at the World Cup. In fact, they are the only tournament debutants this time around. It's great for them and great for South American rugby, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. I'll I'll confess, I I know almost nothing about them. So this will be an education uh, for me to to see how they play. Um, Yeah, I I, I really can't tell you too much. Um, I think it will be a learning experience for them and... uh, Hopefully it goes well, but I must say my intelligence on on, on them is is not vast. So so let's see what they they they, they produce. Yeah, I must be honest, I don't know all that much about them either. I've watched one or two videos about them and I get the sense that they're a team that likes to play enterprising rugby. So that should at least be quite entertaining and something to look forward to. All right, Mike, let's have a look at the predictions that we've made. We've got seven out of eight quarterfinalists the same. So we've both got France versus Ireland. We've both got South Africa versus New Zealand. You have got Argentina versus Wales. I've got Argentina, Fiji, and then we both have Australia versus England. Let's start with the host nation against the world number one ranked side for that quarterfinal. What's going to happen? Yeah, I, th- I, think, France, I think France will win that. Um, like I said, you know, there is all this expectation on them, and um, it's it's yeah you 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 can suffer a little bit when when the whole whole country is expecting you to win. Maybe that pressure will come later in the tournament, possibly in a semi final or final. In the uh, well quarter final, I, th- I think France will have too much. Again, you you can't say with a great amount of of, of certainty, but I, I will back back France to win that one. Now, the winner of that match, as per our predictions anyway, will play the winner of the Argentina quarterfinal. I've got Argentina versus Fiji. You've got them up against Wales. But I'm picking Argentina to win that quarterfinal. What's your pick? Uh, Pumas. Pumas will, will, will win that one. I'm convinced of it. And then on the other side of the draw, we've got Australia versus England in one of the quarterfinals. Both of us have made that prediction, Mike. I'm going to go with the Wallabies. What are you going with? Yeah, Wallabies uh, got my vote. Yeah, I think Eddie will get one over his his old team. Yeah, I think so too, to be honest. And just a quick word on Eddie. 
he is one of the world's foremost coaches, no doubt about it. And I personally think that given that he's going to have an opportunity to spend a few weeks with the team before this World Cup kicks off, just him and the team on the training ground, I think there is going to be a spike in performances and indeed results. What do you think? Yeah, the, the, uh, it, it is, he's cunning. He's good. He's experienced. I mean, he's been in two World Cup finals. Um he did change a lot at the Australians. He he um he's brought in quite a quite a lot of new new younger players. I mean, uh, leaving out Michael Hooper as a massive call, but he's clearly got a plan. You know, Eddie, that that's Eddie. He's he's the ult- ultimate strategist. And yes, they've lost five, but but five matches before the World Cup doesn't really matter. Um, as long as you you're working towards a, you know a target, and he's clearly got something in mind. And like I said earlier, I do think this half of the draw favours teams that are slightly out of form, like Australia, because they they, they they should win their games and they can work on their game while they while they're doing it. And I do think Australia will will, will win their quarterfinal, get 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 to the semis. Um, yeah, I think they are a team that will will play a lot better than they have been playing so far. And then the blockbuster quarterfinal, as you and I have it, Mike. South Africa versus New Zealand. A couple of weeks ago, Twickenham, it was 35-7. But I have a feeling it'll be a little bit closer on this occasion. You know, I watched that game and I, I thought I was hallucinating at times. I was thinking, Jeepers, um, okay, we've started really well, but okay, they're going to get back into the game now. They're going to have a breakaway try. <laughs> you know, as 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 they always do, Moana's going to put a little chip over, and the wing is going to gather and run fifty meters, and and here we go. But it never happened. I mean, in seventy minutes, I'm still watching, thinking, I can't believe what I've just seen. And we should have actually put fifty uh, past them. We we, we uh, the Springboks left another eight tries up up there, and I know they've been working very carefully on, you know, varying their point of attack in the twenty-two. Um, because yeah, they got over the line, I think, four or five times they were held up. So they just got to work on a, a few little nuances just to maybe just vary how they attack in the 22. Um, so I think, obviously, we're not, we're not going to see another 30, 35.1. Uh, I don't imagine so. Um, but I think the ingredients that gave us that win are the same ingredients that will give us another win this game and I think I think it's you know that forward pack of ours that relentless merciless pressure up front that just it, it suffocates like like a python wrapped around a spray uh, and with that bench um, I think the box will win it I'm going to go with that as well. So you and I had seven of the same quarterfinalists, just differing on Fiji and Wales. But we do have four out of four in terms of the semi-finalists, Mike. And the first one, France versus Argentina. Now, we all know what happened in 2007. How much different will it be in 2023? No, I think, I think, I think France will, will win their semi-final um, uh, quite, quite comfortably. I think Argentina... I think that's pretty much their their limit. Uh, they're, they're they're a good World Cup team. They they'll they'll get as far as the semi-finals, but they're not good enough to 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 make the final. Uh, I think France will, will will win that with with a fair amount of ease. Um, the other semi-final we it is South Africa and let me just check my notes. Um, South Africa versus Australia. Sorry. Um, yeah, we we we're too strong for Australia. I, I 
cannot see them surprising the Springboks. They just haven't got the the forward power to to cancel us out there. Um, I, th- I think we'll we'll win that with relative ease. So no repeat of 2011 then, right? <laughs> okay, I get where you're coming from now. No, there's there's, there's no chance, and and I'm sure the officiating will will be um, fairer this time. That is the kind of talk I like to hear. Let's move on to the final then, Mike. You and I have both got the same prediction. It'll be the host nation against the defending champions. A dream final, I think, for the organizers. But there are a couple of things at play. France have been to the Rugby World Cup final three times and have lost on each occasion. The Springboks, as we know, have been to the Rugby World Cup three times and have won each of those. Does history repeat itself or do the French finally get their hands on the Web Ellis Cup? I don't think so. This is, this is when the, the pressure will get to them. You know, the, the, the Springbok team is just so good at playing these 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 big games. I mean, we the Springboks did it in 2019. 80% of the team um, that they've got now uh, played in that, that 2019 um, final. And if they manage to, to win that game by, by playing really clever... Uh, calculated uh, rugby um, and, and just 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 arm wrestled England out of the game. Four years later, those players have got a vast amount more experience of playing big games. Um, in Sir Khaleesi, what a leader! How has he grown in, in, in over the last four years? I, uh, you know, France obviously are a great team, but I think South Africa are, are a finals team. Um, they step up for the big occasions um, and they've got a, such a settled team, composed team playing playing good rugby. We've now got, you know, strike runners out wide. Our game has evolved substantially from from uh, 2019. I mean, we, we, we had uh, we played the territory game. We, you know, the forwards, uh, the mauling game. That was pretty much our chief, chief weapon. Yes, we did have a couple of nice uh, counter-attack tires. But I think we're, we're far better now. You know, we've got we've got a few more arrows arrows in the quiver now. And I think our forwards are even better. And and now we've got some serious uh, strike power out wide. And I think the Springboks will win it. But uh, I'm I'm sure of it. I am in agreement, Mike. I also think that the Springboks will ultimately overcome France and by doing so, more importantly, I think, move to become the outright leaders in terms of Webb Ellis Cups 1 going ahead of New Zealand with four. Yeah, exactly. And and, and like I said uh, at the beginning of the show, wouldn't it be poetic justice? I mean, Fr- France stole the World Cup from, from South Africa in the boardroom with some suspicious manoeuvring. Um, and then we we come to their their back garden and 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 uh, and win win the final in Paris. Um, that that would be wonderful. It would be wonderful indeed, Mike. Just before I let you go, tell us a little bit more about your new book, The Fireside Springbok. Yeah, it's from the Fireside Springbok. Uh, if I can maybe show you the cover here, um, is that how does that look? Can you see that? Yeah. So this was a book. Uh, uh, that was born in in in, uh, in lockdown. I think many a book idea uh, had its roots in COVID nineteen lockdown. And I just thought at that point I'd done twenty five years of covering the Springboks, and I thought, well, time to to put down um, you know just some of the the stories uh, that I remembered as being really nice, the great 
characters that I've, I've had the fortune to interview. Or, and I just put together a really cool collection of, of interesting stories about interesting Springboks and Springbok events. And that's a, um, hopefully uh, it'll be a popular read. Well, I can say from personal experience that if it is half as good as Captain in the Cauldron, it will be an excellent read. Mike, on that note, let me say it was lovely having you on Front Row Rugby today. An absolute pleasure. And I hope that we can have you on again in the future. Oh, it'd be a pleasure. Thanks, Peter. Thank you so much for watching. Maybe you agree or strongly disagree with the predictions that we've made in this video. Let me know in the comments section how you see the Rugby World Cup 2023 playing out. And I'll see you next time.